0: Hello there, cat people, and welcome to episode two of the Shelter Cats podcast. I can't even tell you how many plays my first episode got. I think a few. I haven't really checked, like, stats or analytics. Uh, this is really a labor of love. But we have booked our first guest, I will have a local rescue um, rescue friend of mine who runs a, an animal rescue on Long Island in May. So we're up and running. Um, so... If you do enjoy this podcast, feel free to share it with your friends. <laughs> and um, for anybody that is listening, thank you very much. Um, that's pretty much it. Uh, the website is com. I'm also on Medium as Cats and Tech. There's a Facebook page called Shelter Cats and Redemption. Um, feel free to go find those things or not. So this episode... It's more about me. I mean, it's my podcast. I could talk about me all I want. But it's mostly about how I came to have cats in my life and how I learned about cats. Um, animals never did well in my home as a kid, even before I was born. My parents had a Sher- German shepherd named Nappy, named for Napoleon solo from The Man from Uncle. I've never seen that show. Who had an outright hatred of My mother. I've seen a picture and he was basically the size of a horse. He loved my father, but my mother, not a chance. Apparently he knew when my mother was pregnant with me and completely turned on her. When my dad would leave for work, he would stand eye to eye with her and stare her down. Seriously, my mother was five foot two. So if you could picture a big German shepherd literally looking at her in the eye, um, you know, one of us has to leave. (laughs) It's basically what the dog was saying to my mother. So he went to live on a farm out east, or so my parents told me. I always wondered what happened to him. My first real pet was a German shepherd named Casey. Casey Paraguintuck, which is apparently a character from The Hobbit. Uh, the Hobbit was the Bible for my dad. My dad was an avid reader. So thus the name came from The Hobbit. I've seen the movie, but that is one of the many books I have refused to read, mostly despite my father. Uh, We won't get into psychology here. Anyway, Casey was a golden retriever. Um, When we adopted her, I was about seven uh, in the early 80s. I didn't have much to say in the decision-making process, but apparently at some point my parents thought a large dog in a small house on a main road in Brooklyn was a good idea. Well, it wasn't. Oh, she was sweet. She was a large, beautiful Golden Retriever, they're beautiful dogs, but it was a classic case of wrong dog for the wrong size of house and the wrong lifestyle. Uh, I'm not a dog person, not a dog psychologist. I'm not the dog whisperer, but I do know Golden Retrievers need exercise. They need to be walked. And I took her to the, there was a local park where I lived in Brooklyn. I took her whenever I could, but she was never happy with us. Never really properly trained, didn't behave well, and, three years into her time with us, she literally turned on me. Um, One afternoon I was sent to my grandparents' house after that happened, and when I came back, um, there was a parakeet in a cage, and Casey also went to live on a farm. (laughs) I later found out that they brought her to um, a a then-reputable rescue, and I was also told that she was adopted right to a family. Um, I can't tell you for sure if it was true, I don't know if that was just what my parents were telling me, but it really wasn't Casey's fault. Just wrong dog for the wrong house. She needed a yard. She needed a different different lifestyle, and we couldn't provide it for her. Following that, in the early 80s, the animals got smaller and lived shorter and shorter lives. A goldfish or two, a parakeet or two, even a hamster that never liked anyone named Fredo after The Godfather, Maybe he took that name personally, if you're a Godfather fan. By the time I got to high school in the late 80s, I pretty much resigned myself to the fact that pets and my family just weren't gonna happen. I mean, we barely kept plants alive. Many households survived fine with plants and it was looking like ours would too. One animal I always loved were cats. As I mentioned in the last episode, growing up my great aunt and uncle had a lamb shade store in Brooklyn. Um, the store was right around the corner from my grandparents, so visiting them meant a stop at Reisman's lampshade store on Avenue U and East 7th Street in Brooklyn, where they made their own lampshades, they sold lampshades, they prepared lampshades, they reconditioned lampshades, everything to do with lampshades. This was a a family visit I never minded, not because I like lampshades, but cats, tons of cats. There was a colony of semi-feral cats that lived in and out of the store. My uncle, the Frank Sinatra of my childhood, literally, even went as far as building a cat door in the back of the store and stacking boxes with blankets for the cats to sleep in and sometimes make more cats because I don't think he TNR'd back then. I loved being there. My favorite cat was Tiger. She was literally as old as I was and had very few teeth. When I came in, she would run over to me and jump on my lap and I would just sit on the floor and she'd be all over me. She was the sweetest cat in my introduction to my love of cats. I just like cats. Their style, their swagger. I like that you had to earn it with a cat. A dog will just run up to anyone. Well, most dogs. Cujo might have something to say with that. A cat needs time. A cat is like a relationship. It takes patience, love, work, effort. And cats don't like just anyone. We'll get into that. I had a cat that literally would take a poop in front of people he didn't like. But that's for a future episode. A cat needs time. A cat needs patience. When you earn a cat's trust, you have that trust forever. The only way you're going to lose that trust is if you fuck it up and break that cat's trust. You have a cat's unconditional love and nothing will change that. I know I had that with my first cat and with every cat I've had since then. And we'll get into those cats. Anyway, back to Tiger. I would sit on the floor, cuddle with Tiger, and if another cat tried to come and see me, she would chase them away. I was her human and that was it. It would take a lot of work to get me to leave that store. Literally, I'd want to stay there for hours. I would have lived there if I could have. I wanted to take her home so bad, give her a loving life, but my parents would have none of it. One day when I was around 13 or so, I came to visit Tiger and was told by my great aunt Lori, in an awful Brooklyn accent, Tiger went off to die. Literally, that's what she said. A nice way of saying that she probably... something bad happened to her with a bus or another animal and didn't come back. I was heartbroken. I thought she'd live forever. Going to high school in Brooklyn meant I had less time for the lampshade store and the cats, and the store was sold not long after that. Of the many cats that lived in the store, only... Two cats named Minnie and Boy. My great aunt was never good at naming cats, or maybe she was a fan of Tarzan. Um, Points to you if you remember that reference from Tarzan. Only Minnie and Boy went into retirement with them to Pompano Beach, Florida. Minnie actually lived to the grand old age of 25, which in the cat world is a really, really long happy life. Minnie was succeeded by Minnie too, not long after my great uncle died in the late 90s and also lived into her late teens. My desire for a cat rarely left me, and I vowed that I would venture out on my own and have one one day, or two cats, or 20 cats. Algees be damned, I wanted a fucking cat of my own. (laughs) Nothing was going to stop me. My first true experience with a cat outside of the lampshade store happened in the summer of 1999, when I was in my late 20s. I had been in a relationship for nearly six years by that point and spent a lot of time at her house. I even had my own set of keys. Working in Brooklyn and living on Long Island at that time because my family had moved out of Brooklyn, I would spend a lot of time at her little attached house on East 29th Street in Brooklyn. And it still has one of the best pizza places in the world on the corner. Her family lived in one of those houses that were attached from beginning to end with the driveway kind of sloping down. You know the type. Anyway, one day I was in their kitchen, eating them out of house and home, most likely, when I heard a meowing come, coming from their little tiny backyard. Opening the back door, I was greeted by a cat. A very large cat, actually. I didn't know it then, but she was probably partially Maine Coon. She had that kind of look. Then again, I say that about every large cat, so I may not know what I'm talking. She was in the backyard at the foot of the stairs off their little back deck. I called to her and she came right up to me. She had no collar or tag, and I don't even know if chips existed in those days, so I had no way of finding out if she had a home or not. Did she get lost? Did she run away? Was she tiger reincarnated? Was she just a friendly neighborhood stray? Being the animal lover I was, I immediately went to feed her. But I wasn't home. What should I feed her? these parent, these people had birds, they had fish. Nah, I couldn't do that. They'd never forgive me. I found, of all things, leftover hamburger in the fridge. I thought that would work fine. Looks like cat food, right? So I broke up the hamburger, put it in a little bowl, brought it to her, and she wolfed it down. She was either a hungry stray, or did a good job acting like a stray. Doesn't matter, I was hooked. For the next few weeks, I practically never went home. I lived in their backyard, feeding her, singing to her. I think I sang Ella Fitzgerald to her, which you hear my voice, not necessarily a good thing. I spent countless hours outside cuddling with what turned out to be a very sweet lap cat. She must have had a home and run away or was dumped. My then-girlfriend was deathly allergic, so I knew they couldn't take her in. I basically ignored her and spent every waking moment in their backyard with that cat. Which by that point in my relationship with my first girlfriend, the cat was a lot more interesting, but I digress. I begged my parents to let me take this cat home and they wouldn't have it. I even suggested she live in the garage, which I don't think I'd suggest now, but nope, no cats. Your father is allergic my mother said but it's a big house we were living high in the hog in those days we were living in Nassau County we had a big house with a pool plenty of space I'll keep her out of the house I'll I'll keep her out of sight I'll vacuum every day my mother goes nope sorry Daniel no cats it'll mess up my furniture Um, again we won't talk into parental psychology but my mother's furniture was very important to her I finally gave up and brought her to a local pet store, and this was called Puppy City. So they actually were at the time. They no longer exist. They were like a very reputable pet store, where they knew a nice old lady that took this cat in. Not having email at the time, it was in its infancy. I never really knew what happened to that cat, but I'd like to hope that she lived a happy life. Fast forward a few months, and... It's amazing how breakups can alter someone. Not long after that experience, that relationship came to an end. It was my first love, but it had run its course. Um, But even though, you know, you kind of know when something like that's gonna happen, you're never really prepared for the end of a relationship or for your first breakup. I was still heartbroken. My mother, who never liked anyone I ever dated, began to soften to the idea of bringing in a pet. It was late in the year 2000. We were sitting in the kitchen one day having lunch and watching most likely cooking shows or reruns of the Golden Girls and being in my late 20s by that point and a lot more confident and I would assume more eloquent, I brought the subject up again. I was then single in my late 20s and I posed it less of a question and more like a demand I had also fun fact read cats and dummies from cover to cover so I thought I was a budding authority on the subject this house needs a pet I said no it doesn't Daniel my mother said a cat will mess up everything and you know your father is allergic (laughs) I'm reading I'm reading this because I wrote down I wrote this down so I got it right actually yes it does This house needs a cat, I told her. I'm going to adopt a cat. I'll adopt one that is declawed. Don't judge. I'll adopt one that is declawed. I would never declaw a cat. So it won't ruin anything, and they're easy to take care of. My mother looked at my face and saw that I was determined to do this and that I needed this. And my mother said the following. And I'll never forget what she said. She said, I understand... Daniel, you need something to love. And she had tears in her eyes when she said that. And that's it. That's, that was it. The decision was made. I was going to get a cat. I was going to adopt my first cat, our home. The long 17, 18-year dry, dry spell between pets was coming to an end. And stay tuned for episode three where we get to meet my very first cat, and I still think he's the greatest cat that ever lived, Tyler the cat. Thank you so much.